Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your smartphone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And let me tell you, Anchor is the third host we've had in a year, and I wouldn't change it for the world. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Shooters Radio Universe? Welcome to another classic episode of the Straight Shooters Podcast. I'm going to take you to episode 283, our ECW Wrestlepalooza 1998 deep dive. took place May 3rd, 1998 at the Cobb County Civic Center in Marietta, Georgia. And Vaughn Johnson and myself took a dive deep into this show in May of 2021. So it is when Shane Douglas defended the ECW heavyweight title against Al Snow. Wrestling with four separate fractures, apparently, uh, Shane Douglas. The match wasn't that great. But ECW had just been on pay-per-view for about a year at this point. He also had ECW TV title with Rob Van Dam defending against Sabu. Bam Bam Bigelow versus New Jack, Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman versus the Dudley Boys, and much more on this episode. So we took a dive deep, one of our few ECW pay-per-view deep dives. So enjoy the show. Oh, shooters, radio universe! It's a new day! Yes, it is! I am Vaughn Johnson. You've got me mad now. You know, you got a back nickel. Feeling good. For all the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ran the back nickel in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, he know that wrestling, bro. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 283 of The Straight Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we got yet another great show ahead of us for episode 283. We're going back to the deep dives, going back to the well, going back to what works for us, right? (laughs) Another deep dive. Our first ECW deep dive which was requested a little while back from our fans, our lovely followers on Twitter. They asked us, you know, we asked them what would they like us to do more of or, you know, something they want to hear from us. 
And someone mentioned that, hey, you could do an ECW deep dive. And I was like, you know what? They're right, because we haven't really done one yet. And we had an opportunity to do one this week. We're going to deep dive into Wrestlepalooza 1998, which happened, I guess we just say, we'll pass the anniversary of that, pass the 23rd anniversary of the show. It happened on, I believe, May 3rd, 1998. But we're here on May 12th, as we record this, 2021, doing a deep dive on it. So we'll talk all the things about all the things that happened on the show uh, a lot. And there was uh, some some strange stuff and some very funny uh, editing or lack thereof <laughs> on this show uh, on the on Peacock. It's where I watch this uh, here show. But before we get into all the things surrounding Wrestlepalooza nineteen ninety eight, I got to do my weekly check in with my main man Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. Nick, how you doing tonight, my good brother? Well, did you have anything to do with uh, the Eagles having to play the Chiefs and Buccaneers? Within a span of a week and a half this season, yeah that that Thursday night <laughs> Bucks game, <laughs> I saw that. I mean, we we got to play the Bucks in a short week. Oh man! Uh, even though it's home, still, come yeah, on. that's rough. Bo- man. Both games are and home, we, but it's like, oh come on. Then we followed up with Kansas City. I didn't even see the. Uh... It goes Kansas City on October third, and then at Carolina, and then back oh, home man. to Tampa. Yeah, you would think I would know the schedule since I was part of releasing <laughs> yeah. it. Just like literally an hour ago, and <laughs> here on Wednesday night, uh, but things just be happening, and just like oh, the schedule, okay, when do, how do I post it, and when, <laughs> when how do we do it, and all that, and I still sometimes forget things here and there, but uh, yeah, I've, I've 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 looked at it a little bit, I haven't really dove into it too much. Plus, it's, it's, it's May, you can't really yeah. like yeah, you just and go by a... like where are we going Ooh. at certain points of the year, and we don't have like. A Green Bay on the schedule for December, which is like, yay! <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's, that's always my, good. That's my we got birthday Denver month. Week ten, October is my birthday month, and they started with Kansas City, and then eleven days later, it's Tampa Bay. The two Super Bowl yeah, that's It's like, oh come on, that's rough. That's three games <laughs> in eleven days. Three games in eleven days, and mm-hmm. two of the games are the last or the recent Super Bowl opponents. But hey, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like ah. And a game added this we year. Don't... We have 17 games now. so Yeah, which is the Jets game weird. in week 13, it looks like. So, that's not a uh, NFL podcast, obviously, but the schedule literally just dropped an hour ago. And I really, honestly, haven't really got a chance to like really dissect it, you know, look at it, and who and where and we're playing and whatnot. Because, uh, again, been working, baby. <laughs> rookie <laughs> minicamps. The rookies yeah. reported for minicamp today. Oh, wow. uh, so... I didn't even know that. Day, I'm supposed I... to know that too. I didn't even realize they reported today. So, yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. report today, and I think the, the, the festivities start. I think it's Friday, thir- tomorrow, Thursday through Saturday, I believe, or Sunday. I forget, but mm. uh, yeah, they reported today, and a bunch of stuff surrounding that. And yeah, the same day, the schedule comes out. And that's always a big deal, um, in across a lot of sports now, but especially the NFL. It's like a big, almost like a competition, like who can one up the next team. Uh, I haven't even looked at what other teams have done. <laughs> yeah. I usually like to do that though, because some teams come up with cool stuff, and I think we come up with cool stuff every year. But especially this year with the like the mural that we did, so mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. That was dope. Uh, so shout out to everybody involved yeah. with that. I was not involved in the creation of that because I am not that talented to come up with animation and, <laughs> and artwork like that. Uh, I can hit the send button though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a big deal, man. I'm telling you. That's a big deal. We, we, it comes with a lot of responsibility, too. It does. It does. <laughs> it comes with a lot of responsibility. So, uh, 
But yeah, again, we're not going to talk too much about football, but uh, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, yeah, we got AEW, NXT going. To, AEW announcing that they're going to hit the road again soon. Uh, which yeah, that's going to be man, it's going to yeah. be wild when that happens, right? It I is. Mean, they're going to. I think they've already listed uh, Dallas. I know they're going to. Uh, I think Miami. I think another, yeah, I was, I, I was going to say another city in Florida. I've. I've that Miami was the one, and then I think there was another one. But yeah, there. Which uh, I, think, I believe are two states where I don't think they have capacity limits in those states. Yeah, well, hey, they can come back up to Philly because uh, Philly might be getting rid of the capacity limits as well uh, sooner than yeah. later. June eleventh, I think. Yeah. Uh, COVID restrictions, uh, capacity restrictions, at least, will be lifted at at this moment. You know, it was announced so uh, earlier this week. So uh, yeah. But by now, you know, hey, a month from now, things could change. But yep, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully we're on right. an hopefully upward Hopefully they trend. go right, go in the right direction. Right. We're not That's what I mean by that. Regressing. <laughs> we're not regressing back into where right. things get bad. Because, I mean, you know, if, you got, if not enough people are vaccinated, maybe it does happen. But, I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, I think like 40% of the population mm-hmm. has at least one shot. So, yeah. <sighs> we'll see. But you things know. are... Things are still. I mean, we're still technically in the middle of a pandemic, but you, if you ask, if you look around town here in Philly, you wouldn't be able to tell other than people wearing masks. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, pretty much. You go to bars and restaurants again. They're increasing capacity on that. It's 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 going to be strange because we, you know, the Eagles just announced that we're going to have, we're expecting to have full fans back in the stadium come the regular season or at least maybe the preseason. It's going to be strange to see a stadium full of fans, and it's going to be strange to see an arena full of fans when AEW hits the road. And the same thing for WWE when they eventually tour again, and and Ring of Honor, and whoever else when these independents. I know these independents are itching to have fans back in a lot of their shows, at least more fans than what they're allowed to have. But it's going to be odd to see. The UFC had a show a couple weeks ago, and it was packed to the the ceiling, looked like it was fans everywhere. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, it's only been a year, but it feels like a lifetime almost that since we've seen that happening in in real time, you know. But yeah, it's things uh, are happening. Yeah, it'll it'll take a while to get used to, just like it took a while to get used to not having you know packed everything. Yeah. So right you know, at some point we got used to get used to it. Yeah. So yeah, we got it. Took a while to get used to wearing masks. Uh. And now I feel weird walking down the street without one. Hey, listen, <laughs> I like it because uh, the pollen hasn't hit me the way it normally does, and so I wear a mask there outside. You That's what you know. People don't understand. They're like, "Oh, that person's wearing a mask. What an idiot!" But no, maybe they're wearing it because it helps with the pollen and the air, especially this time of year. Like people, critical thinking is not a main priority for a lot of uh, people in this country, and uh, it really. That's why I don't judge people. People are like, oh, they're wearing a mask alone in the car. It's like, well, you don't know if they're an Uber. Like, yeah, they're supposed to have a thing, but some don't, and you just don't know if they're just on their way to pick somebody up or what. Like, you just you just don't know. Just relax, people. Like, people like to get bent out of shape over the the things that don't affect them, and that's kind of annoying. So, yeah, Critical thinking is not... Critical thinking is definitely not one of our country's strong suits. <laughs> like... Especially and, not and now. Thinking not about nowadays, no, not at all. No, no, no. It's either one side or the other. No, no analytical or critical thinking. But um, 
we're going to talk critically about yeah. Recipalooza 1998. Yeah. Which, by the way, Eagles open up at Atlanta and Georgia this season. And where oh. was this? In technically Marietta, but yeah, this, but that's yeah. right next to Atlanta. It's a suburb yeah. of Atlanta. You know. Didn't the Braves move to Marietta? Uh, who cares? With a stadium, nah, I, mean, <laughs> I should say. Uh, I mean, maybe. I. Uh, what's it? Truist Park, right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. You know, it's in, I guess uh, it looks like it yeah, says. It's in Cobb County, so. But technically, I guess the town is Cumberland. Cumberland. Oh. So. Mm. Yeah, there's a Cumberland in New Jersey. How about that? How about that? But yeah, Marietta. Name. Maybe, but yeah, that's, this is where the show took place in Cobb County Civic Center. So you ready to dive in to the show? I'm ready to dive in to this ECW pay-per-view in WCW country. Can't wait. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, ECW, Wrestlepalooza 1998, took place on May 3rd, 1998, as I just said, <laughs> at the Cobb County Civic Center in Marietta, Georgia, Georgia. 3,400 people were in attendance, 3,407 to be exact. Uh, according to good old Wikipedia, there were 2,900 paid. So, you know, who knows if that's accurate or not, but that's what it says on good old Wikipedia. Um, I watched this show on Peacock, and I expected it to be heavily edited. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about later where I was wrong. <laughs> oh, really? See, I was in, uh, that was interesting. I I was debating which one to use, but I I knew since you were probably going to watch it on Peacock, and I didn't even text you about it, but I just had a feeling you were watching it on Peacock. Okay. I watched it on the network, so I wonder if... Okay. We'll, so yeah. we, we, we're going to talk about it, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is heavily edited on WWE Network, but it is not on Peacock. It's super interesting. Uh, so we got Joey Styles on the call, solo dolo as he typically is on ECW shows. Uh, he introduced everyone in the ring to the show and said that Wrestlepalooza will be a show that no one will ever forget. And then we get ECW's signature opening, which we're we're going extreme in the music. But you noticed something <laughs> that was slightly wrong with that opening, there, Nick? I did when they they usually uh, build up that intro. And they have like the text on the screen and like the bubble letters, and it's like, you know, having a seizure or something. It's like, ah. And the first word on the screen was tonight with like, you know, the exclamation point. And literally, it just really stood out to me. I was, I was watching and I noticed that they spelled tonight wrong. And no, it wasn't the T O N I T E spelling, it was the T O N. G-H-T spelling. They oh, forgot man. the I. Right smack dab in the center of the word. There was no I. So it just said taunt. Tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a dirty word. It does. <laughs> it like a word that should be bleeped out. I, I'll have to edit that then. I'll have to Hit him Google right it. Taunt. You know. <laughs> Tongue. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, where's the quality control already? Like, geez. And I, I thought... Uh, I didn't think about it much back then as a fan, but using the same exact it, like intro as they do on TV was kind of lame. You know, like I understand they brought like Paul Heyman probably didn't have the budget, obviously that WCW and WWF did, but like 
every pay-per-view it was all they did was like change the text to the beginning but it was the same signature intro that you said like they use every week on tv it just didn't make the pay-per-views seem as special as they could have been yeah i mean everybody knows by this point ecw was not a multi-million multi-billion dollar corporation it was a you wouldn't be able to tell from the Cobb county civic center (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean it was pretty much a i guess the term would be mom and pop, but it wasn't like a yeah. family-run business. I mean, it was run out of Paul Heyman's parents' house, but <laughs> they didn't run the business. But the wrestlers had a hand in booking towns, booking buildings, doing the merch, uh, you know, selling yeah. tickets. Like yeah. it wasn't like they ha- hired a bunch of people to help with that infrastructure. That was done by the wrestlers. Like, and they they talked about it. I think. Taz designed the merchandise. I think the Dudley boys, at least Bubba Ray, would definitely help sell tickets and fulfill orders and stuff like that. And I think Tommy Dreamer helped book the buildings and the the towns and all that. So, uh, yeah, things like this might slip through the cracks when you're wearing like six hats, as I'm sure Paul Heyman was doing, Uh, especially when you're expanding your reach as far as touring. Because, you know, as most know, ECW's home turf, home base was primarily... In Philadelphia, at the corner of Swanson and Rittner, uh, at the what is now known as the 2300 Arena, but back then it was known as the, you know, unofficially as an ECW Arena, but it was just a it was Viking Hall and Alhambra Arena, all these different names over the years. But yeah. it was just a big warehouse at the corner of Swanson and Rittner. They would also run New York at the Elks Lodge in Queens and different places around, you know, in the Northeast. But when they started, you know, getting more attention, and selling more merchandise and people were buying the tapes they started to expand a little bit and that's why they're down here in marietta georgia which is like you said earlier traditionally wcw territory or even even nwa territory talking about georgia championship wrestling uh but here ecw is kind of out of its element but when you watch the show it was an ecw crowd like that yeah (laughs) that that attitude traveled down to Atlanta. It wasn't like it was a different. They did all the chants. They uh, were as rowdy as a bunch as they would be in Philly, you know, the ECW Arena or the Elks Lodge. Maybe slightly less rowdy, I guess. But they were they were loud. They were boisterous, and they were part of the show, uh, damn near as much as the wrestlers at times. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. To, like you mentioned earlier, that they're in WCW country when WCW. And March '98 was still doing very well, right? Yeah, yeah, they were uh, still. I think '98 was Eric Bischoff had said their best year uh, financially, so they were still reaping the rewards of the great creative shows they had in '96 and the '97. '97 might have been obviously it was my favorite year, but might have been like a great year to build that audience. And then you know '98, it just kind of continued growing, even though. WWF was on the upswing. WCW stayed right where they were. You know, maybe they didn't get higher than they were, but they didn't. They didn't fall like dramatically quickly. You know, they were still there. And March '98, I was like all WWF'd up, and that was like right at the beginning of the Austin era. Um, and then, well, I said March, but uh, in May, by this point, you know, WWF had pulled ahead pretty much. Uh, but WCW was still, you know, there, and even though. As a fan, I was like pure pro WWF at that point. Uh, WCW still have a lot of great things going on. 
Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of good things going on. Sorry, I was distracted for a second. But uh, a lot of good things going Probably on. Probably a great point. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and ECW also had good things going on in 1998. So it was, I know some people say the wrestling business now is as healthy as ever. And I mean, it's it's in a good spot. Don't get me wrong. But you can make the case 97 and 98 was a much better time for us business because WWF, especially in 98, was killing the game. They started hitting their stride. WCW was still on top of its game, and ECW was growing in 1998 mm-hmm. and selling out shows on their own. Uh, and it, you know, so it was that was a really good time, in my opinion, in wrestling. I think better than this one, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you had three promotions that you had the promotion, the third promotion. And an ECW could put thirty, four, five thousand people in the building, in a place that wasn't necessarily considered their territory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, according to Wikipedia, it was thirty, four hundred people in the building. Can the third promotion in the country today put a thousand people in the building? And who would that third promotion be? Would that be Ring of Honor? Would that be Impact? Hmm. That's you know, yeah, you get that's a push right there. <laughs> I mean, impact it has to be in contention because of their relationship now with AEW. Yeah, but if they started selling tickets and on their own without using AEW talent, right? Mm-hmm. On their own, could they put a thousand people in a building in 2021 or 2022? Impact, uh, uh, absolutely not, <laughs> in my opinion. I don't think so. <laughs> You know, if they put Kenny Omega on the card, yeah, that would help. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is what it was in 1998, though. Again, ECW, the third promotion, 3,400 people. Impact or Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has done four or 5,000 people in the past, but that was also when they had Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. And, you know, they were bringing New Japan talent over, felt like every month, uh, you know, they were buzzing at that point. Not quite the same today. Not to say that it's not nah. good. It's just not buzzing like it was, you know. When you go to WrestleMania weekend, the Supercard of Honor's got 5,000 people, 6,000 people. It's like, damn. You know, they're running Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, you know, it's a little different today. So That's a little well, let's dig in, dig into the card here. Uh, like I said, we've got Joey Styles introducing people when we got the Signature opening from ECW, which is a lot of clips of Taz suplexing people on the top of their damn head. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, like the chair shots are brutal, obviously, and all the other violence is brutal. But for some reason, I just winced more when I saw Taz suplexing people on like on the back of their necks. And it's like, oh, man, <laughs> he was yeah, a monster man. back in the day. It was. And he, he, you know, that became his gimmick. And but like. I didn't even know. I think I started watching more like in '97. So when I would see stuff from like '96 and even like '95, when like he broke Sabu's neck, I like or like, Chris Benoit when he he broke Sabu's neck too. It's like what the hell's going on here? Like relax on Sabu's neck for crying out loud. But and just like yeah, that suplex like Mikey Whipwreck, I think. And I was just like, what the hell, man? It's like he just I don't know how he didn't like cripple 
half the roster at that point, especially in that era where uh, I don't think uh, the aftercare would would be uh, thought of as good as it is today. I should say, like, you, I think wrestlers kind of take care of themselves better today. I think their uh, doctors are more available with promotions that you know check them out and stuff. They don't have to wrestle every night, like maybe they seemingly did, you know, back then. But yeah, Taz just didn't care, <laughs> dropping people on their necks here or like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, ECW did not have a team of doctors waiting no. to help the wrestlers <laughs> backstage. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on in the ECW locker room that a doctor would not have approved of uh, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, it's not like WWE today. Wrestling in general didn't have that, I don't think. I mean, they might have had one guy. Right. Uh, WWE has, has, like, multiple people, I believe, that, like, mm-hmm. specialize. And, be, you know, they had a guy ringside for every match, which, I mean, that's all. That's what how it should be. Yeah. You know, you, you know, the business has improved in, in that respect. You know, in that one respect. Uh, but let's move on to the opening match here at WrestlePalooza in nineteen ninety eight. We got the four blooded Italians, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers, going up against the Blue World Order, represented by our boy, the Blue Meanie, and Supernova. He were, I guess he wasn't Hollywood Nova just yet, or was he already Hollywood Nova? Yeah, I think he was like, yeah, it was after that. He was okay. like Hollywood, he was just, like in 96, 97, I think he was like Hollywood with the paint on beard and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in a superhero costume, he was supernova, yeah. so yeah. there you go. Uh, the FBI, as the full-blooded Italians are known for short, came out, of course, with the big Don, Tommy Rich, <laughs> who was a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, he won the title in 1981. Uh, of course, Tracy Smothers, another guy who's in the territories and in Smoky Mountain. Uh, he, of course, passed away, unfortunately, last year in 2020. And he was great yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rest in peace to Tracy Smothers. Uh, and, of course, Tommy Rich was known as the Big Don, like I said. And he was the president of Little Atlanta, which I guess is a playoff like Little Italy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I'm pretty sure Guido was the only actual Italian in the group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was I'd kind say. of funny. Anyway, they had the Italian flag with uh, Tommy Rich's face on it. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, I never appreciated it as a, an Italian, but you know, I didn't really get into my Italian heritage until later, you know, like in 2000, 2001, 2002. So this was, I didn't really appreciate the FBI at this point. <laughs> but look at that. It's like funny as hell. They were Smothers just like. He cracked me up then, but like it, it's even funnier now because like all the mannerisms and stuff, like the Italian stereotypes, it just cracks me up. Right, they come out to like disco music, and then Tracy Smothers just starts dancing. Yeah, I he mean, does, what he the things with his what hands, he considered dancing. Like, yeah, that wasn't necessarily like good dancing. It was Tracy Smothers dancing. So it no. was, it was, it was. He was moving. He was moving his body. I don't know if he was moving his body to the beat. But he was shaking and gyrating and stuff when he played this music. <laughs> it was silly. Yeah, yeah. And so were the Blue World Order. We had this crazy, elaborate mm-hmm. handshake before the match. Uh, of course, Nova. I forgot to mention Nova was Simon Dean in WWE at some point. Yeah, yeah. he would come down on the. Uh, was it like a Segway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, <laughs> he did. Even he had the Simon system, you know. 
the quite Simon a, system. Play off of the uh, you know, the powders and the protein powders and the sh- the shakes and the meals and stuff. And it was hilarious. I Simon enjoyed that system. Gimmick. Not quite, not quite as uh, popular as the Kobe system, but the Simon <laughs> system was a thing. It was. It was. It was a thing. Um, the fans. As soon as pretty much the FBI gets in the ring, what do they chant? Where's my pizza? <laughs> That's not racist at all, right? <laughs> nah, man. Italians love pizza. They should have brought some for everyone. That's You're going to call yourself That's an fair. Italian. You got to do it. You, you just... <laughs> That's what Italians do. That's how I was brought up. Bring enough for everybody. There you go. There you go. Uh, one thing I found interesting was that I forgot how the ECW ref shirts looked. Yeah, I, like yeah. that red and black stripes. They look weird. Yeah, they're really like thick. You know, it wasn't like it almost was like a red and a black stripe in the front because uh, they were like that thick, and then it went around the back. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a, a weird because they didn't always wear them. I think they had like the WWF style ref shirts earlier in, in their history, but um, they 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 had that red and black one for a while. I just yeah didn't. Not a huge fan. Yeah, it was it was a weird shirt, it like a shirt you just wear like in the street, not like yeah. a referee shirt. Yeah. But um, like as I mentioned earlier, Tracy Smothers was dancing. That's because a a dance contest broke out in the middle of this match. Just so you know, this match was for pure comedy, and that's it. At ECW so have, opener too, which is you know, right. Not used to that. Not used to that at all. So you get a dance contest, and then. The ref John Finnegan just body slams Tracy Smothers for some reason. <laughs> oh, that was annoying. To <laughs> and me. then lays down for a count. Amini goes over to cover for the count. I mean, the count for the pin that John Finnegan's attempting. I think it was Smothers, right? Smothers kicks out. Yeah. I know it's annoying to you if you're annoying to a lot of purists, uh, <laughs> especially like a Jim Cornette type. Like, what the hell is going on here? Goddamn. <laughs> but. The crowd in this in the, in the building erupted when John Finnegan hit that <laughs> hit that body slam. Yeah, yeah but that like, was uh, as stupid as it was. It marks the damn at least marks. it got a pop. <laughs> you're, you're right. At least it was some sort of payoff with the fans, right? The fans got into it. If, they, if the fans didn't erupt, it's a complete failure. If if the fans like it, it, it you can't totally get on it. That's my philosophy mm. sometimes. Mm. Okay. For some reason, that worked. I don't know why. With the bloodthirsty, aggressive ECW fans, this comedy spot with the referee body slamming Tracy Smothers, <laughs> even though a lot of people were considered a slap in the face to the wrestling business, um, yeah, why, it worked. But why the ref? Like that's what I don't get. No, like, he just the, walked right into it. It was like there like, was no build up to it. It just happened. It looked like something that would happen on an indie show like like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a Chikara right. or something like that. Like Bryce Remsburg is going to body slam somebody. Just because. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done that. I'm pretty sure he's gotten involved in a match in some way physically and like pinned somebody and the, the other wrestler counts. I'm pretty sure that spot has been stolen on some independent somewhere. And I feel like Bryce Remsburg has been <laughs> the, the, the culprit in that. Uh... Probably multiple times, um, but yeah, this this match was it was pure comedy. The BWO won with Novus finish, and I, that's it. That's all I got. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was just there. And like I said, a comedy type match as a beginner for a DCW pay-per-view, I just didn't. I mean, as I, so I ordered this pay-per-view. I watched it live, taped it, did all that. And I'm sure, you know, back then I was just like, ECW rules. Yeah. So I was like, just enjoying whatever. I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you where you were in life at this point, 1998. (laughs) Damn it. That's right. That's right. Damn. That's like part of my stick now. Where were you in life, Nick? In 1998, May 3rd. Uh, May 1998. So it was towards the end of my seventh grade year. And we didn't have like a seventh grade dance. Nowadays, they kind of have like, if you're a middle school, they have like a seventh grade dance and then an eighth grade dance. But I was in an elementary school. So I was like K through eight back then. So we didn't really have anything in seventh grade. We had like the blue and gold games, which was a series of Olympic type events between the seventh grade and eighth grade. And uh, we were losing pretty big, but we actually came back and tied the eighth grade at the end of like the final event. So that would mean we would have like a tiebreaker the next week or two weeks from that point. But because we were so ridiculous about tying it, we ran up and down the hallways, back in the lockers and stuff and disrupting the entire school. They canceled the, uh, they made the eighth grade win like we forfeited or something. Wow, <laughs> so, that's wild. I've yeah. been pissed. <laughs> I can't remember if this was after the fact because it was at the end of the school year, so it might have been after this, but um, definitely around this time frame. Might have been maybe end of April uh, or early May. It could have been middle of May or late May. I don't remember for sure, but I do remember that happened at this time. This time frame that was like the biggest thing that the seventh grade was, was you know looking forward to. You know the blue and gold games because our school colors were blue and gold. So the eighth grade was gold, the uh, seventh grade was blue, and uh, we would have to wear the, our colors and stuff like that. So you know I got in on indoor soccer. That was my event, and uh, I don't think I scored once, but par for the course. Uh, yeah, that, that was my life at that point. Obviously, I'm enjoying... Uh, I don't remember why my mom let me order this pay-per-view because, you know, we had I ordered Over the Edge as well. You know, I just I wasn't ordering the WCW ones. I was ordering the WWF ones, and I ordered Living Dangerously in March. So I had both, like, Living Dangerously on pay-per-view on, on VHS. I had Wrestlepalooza on VHS. So, yeah, it was kind of weird that I, I had been able to order those two ECW pay-per-views along with the WWF ones, but hey, maybe my my mom was being extra nice or something. But <laughs> I, hey, was, y'all was rich. I mean, yeah. <laughs> For like Cause two months. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't... If, 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 I, if my mom was ordering pay-per-views back in 98, which she was not, but if she was, it would have been one promotion per month. <laughs> you're not getting multiple shows per right. month. I'm like, yeah. Are you, you going to get WCW and WWF? No, you're not. You're going to pick one. And that would have been, I would have chose something, you know, but it would have only been one. I don't know why I wanted to watch. I, I always want to watch a pay-per-view, though. It doesn't matter. Like, even the WCW ones, I was like, man, I wish I could watch that. But my neighbor had, like, one of those black boxes. So there were a few WCW pay-per-views where I, I gave to my neighbor. He he was, uh, this, his son was maybe, like, three or four grades below me. But we were friends. We played, like, street hockey and stuff. And, uh. You know, I had asked him, I was like, yo, could you, like, ask your dad if he could tape, you know, the WCW pay-per-view tonight for me? So I would give him, like, a blank tape, and his dad would tape it for me, and he would give it to me the next day. It was awesome. Nice. So was, uh, 
But those were only like, you know, a handful of WCW ones. So the ECW ones, uh, I didn't go that route. And I, I, <laughs> it's so funny, like looking back at this show, it's like, why did I really want to watch this? <laughs> And there was yeah, like, like nothing what was the on big it. Draw that... for you t- for this show. Cause... I guess Al Snow. I guess because I was like, that's Lee yeah. Cassidy, and like it, it's cool because ECW's like he's really talented. I had just got the internet like around that time frame, maybe a couple months prior to this pay per view. So I was like, oh yeah, Al Snow's Lee Cassidy. That's why he looks familiar. And uh, yeah, I would see obviously stories like oh, ECW's utilize or you know message boards. They're ECW is utilizing Al Snow the right way, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, maybe Al Snow's special, I guess. I don't know. The head thing made me laugh. I had somebody, like a classmate, <laughs> bring in their own mannequin head, like skin and everything. It, it looked like Al Snow's head, just minus the hair. And we, we like, carried it around until finally the one teacher just had enough. And I don't blame them at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can you please put that away? In the school? <laughs> we were... It was it was, nuts. It, it was nuts, man. The, the things we were able that to do is... back then that, you know, can't exactly do that now, but... If you're not in a weird. fashions class or a fashion school <laughs> and you're doing, like, hair, like, that's, or you're, like, it was a cosmetology, I guess, yeah. would be the proper term. And why are you carrying around, carrying around a mannequin head if you're not in one of those classes or going to a school like that? Because you're an <laughs> like, ECW fan. Because <laughs> of Al Snow. You just in the lunchroom doing this like in ring, like he bounces up around with the head, and just bobbing it up and down. Oh my uh, god! What does everybody want? Beefaroni. Oh. He he did have a Chef Boyardee commercial, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. Beefaroni though. You ever had that in school lunch? It was called Beefaroni. That was awesome. I, I probably had it at home, the Chef Boyardee stuff, but I don't remember having it in school. Maybe I did. That was like it was one of those. Uh, school lunches where everyone was like ew beefaroni but they secretly loved it so every like every beefaroni day they were like yes beefaroni but you had to like act like you didn't like it so when you got it for lunch you had to like act like like why didn't you just bring your own lunch it's like well we don't have much at home so i guess i have to i'm stuck eating this beefaroni but people loved it (laughs) beefaroni was good yeah i'm telling you i I don't know why i don't know why they had that like reputation <laughs> at least in my school <laughs> you went to a bougie school i guess because beefaroni was clutch every time you had beefaroni it was good i was a fan <laughs> i was a fan as you should have been <laughs> but uh moving on we got the second match of the card we got everybody's favorite mikey Whipwreck going up against just incredible Wait, before every, the match we get a pretty every- Pretty everybody, good video package. Everybody's by favorite. ECW standards. What's that? Everybody's favorite. Mikey Whipwreck. I mean, everybody like Mikey Whipwreck. He was like the underdog. Okay. Is that is that not an accurate description? Uh, From off base there. I guess not. I felt like Mikey Whipwreck was always like the underdog guy. Yeah, but like I everybody mean, wanted like, to root for. I didn't root for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why didn't you for him? Uh, I don't know. He looked like haggard, I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, Just Incredible going to beat his ass. Like, that's what I was thinking to myself. <laughs> oh, because Just Incredible looked like just the model he athlete, did. apparently. Did. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you, don't, you can't mess with Aldo Montoya and get away with it. He, he wasn't out there looking like Mark Henry. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
just incredible. He looked better than Mikey Whipwreck. I'll say that. Everybody looked better than Mikey <laughs> Whipwreck. Like, but that ain't the point. I forgot this was like a series of matches too. By the way, yeah, I had no idea that Mikey Whipwreck yeah. was winning until yeah. <laughs> he won multiple times. Uh, we 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 found out that through, like I said, the video package that was produced by ECW that I thought for their standards was pretty good. Uh, it was narrated by Joey Styles, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Justin Credible in the ring. He is accompanied by he was just known as Jason, the sexiest yeah. man alive, which yeah. is like okay with his tight ass <laughs> shirt, <laughs> tight ass green shirt, very very nineties attire. Maybe he was super sexy for the nineties, but he looked ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but Jason Jason Knight, of course, was a wrestler. Uh, he did wrestle in WWF. He's mostly a job guy. In WWF, but he worked in the Indies for a long time. And uh, Just Incredible is also accompanied by Chastity, which, of course, Joey Styles made fun mm-hmm. of. He's like, oh, what kind of name is that for her? And, you know, and all that good stuff. Yeah, he's one but... to talk. <laughs> Joey Styles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, that is a terrible name. Such So is AJ Styles, for that matter. Like, I said this on the podcast before. AJ Styles, super talented. His name, I don't know why they came up with that name. He came up with that name when he was on the Indies, and it was like, oh, it was a cool name. <laughs> like, cool name for the Independence. But AJ Styles. But Michael Whipwreck comes out and starts beating the holy hell out of Chris Incredible all over the Cobb County Civic Center. <laughs> right? All and 20 that's when we square get foot. In... What's that? All 20 square foot. Oh. <laughs> It's a Cobb County Civic Center. Don't hate on it like that. It's the jewel of Cobb of Marietta, Georgia. Not Cobb County. It is uh, a place. I'm just having fun. I, I, place, I, but, I apologize to all our Cobb County uh, Civic Center fans. Yeah. Shout out to Big Boss Man, by the way. Rest yes. in peace. Yes. Running things down in Cobb County, Georgia. Giving, <laughs> giving people hard time down there. But it's when... While Mike Whipwreck is beating up Just Incredible, we get an unedited, at least on the on Peacock, an F him up chant. You get, uh. <laughs> easily hear this on Peacock from the fans. That is not even close to being the worst instance of cursing <laughs> on this show. <laughs> That's interesting. Which because that audio that picked up the crowd was terrible all night. But you can, I don't remember hearing that, but I, I could have just not even met, made a note of it because I just forgot to make a note of it. But I don't know if it was that way on the network, but it's funny that with how bad the audience audio was, that came through. <laughs> oh, it came through loud and clear. Now, it is it is weird because sometimes you hear the music and they got to dub over the music because they don't own the rights to it. So you got that crowd noise and get the real crowd noise. It was kind of weird at points, but... Yeah, the, ch- the chant came through nice and clear. So we got that. And I'm thinking like, oh, I guess Peacock didn't get to that yet. Didn't haven't They haven't gotten to the show yet at Peacock. Uh, we also got a He Got Herpes chant uh, and a Justin Asshole chant, which I thought was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> the Justin Asshole chant. Um, at the time of this match, though, Mikey Whipwreck was only 24 years old. That's crazy. That is crazy. To be like, he looked like in his damn near forties when he went to WCW. He did. 
He looked even here. He looked older. He looked like he was thirty-two in this match. Like <laughs> people just age differently back in the day. I know yeah. we talk about it. I feel like every week we talk about like Hogan or Piper or somebody like that. Uh, and they're like, "Damn, they look old as hell for 35. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And here's Whipwreck, twenty-four. Like that's super young. He did not look twenty-four. He looked much older. He turns forty-eight this year, though. Michael Whipwreck. Shout out to Mike Whipwreck. Oh, wow. I think he trained, I want to say he trained Zach, well, not Zach Ryder, I guess Matthew Cardona and Kurt Hawkins, or one of those, I think he trained either both of them or one of the two. Hmm. Can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> there's a point in this match where Just Incredible is, I guess, I guess I think he was in the crowd near the guardrail, and Mike Whipwreck picks up a chair and hurls it at him, but missed by a mile. And that chair went flying right into a fan's face. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was like, why would you do that in front of the fans? Like, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. If that happened today, there's no way a promotion would or should do it today. But that was 1998 in ECW, bro. He was just like, <laughs> wee! Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like... best. I feel like they were maybe comfortable doing that because they knew that, hey, an ECW fan wouldn't sue us because they love us. <laughs> Man, if you break my face open, I'm suing. <laughs> if nothing happens, yeah, let's go. But like, if you hurt, if I, my face is all messed up, then we gotta you gotta cough up some money, ECW. I might pitch you out of business. <laughs> like, if anything, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, forget that. So, but that, yeah, that that was a <laughs> I started dying laughing when that happened. Like, whoa, like that's that's kind of dangerous right there. Uh, and then we get you know Whipwreck, Suplex, Incredible. Through a table, but it looked like yeah. Mikey Whipper got the worst of that because he went straight to the concrete. Yeah. Didn't look like it felt good for him at all. But uh Yeah, this match was a match. I mean, just incredible hit his tombstone pile driver that's called That's Incredible on a steel chair mm. for the win. I mean we got some interference. Yeah, did, did you see how crazy that was where how Mikey had his head and like at the last second he finally tucked his chin like that could have been yes. really bad that could have been really I did bad notice that. It's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned it i did notice that but i thought like i don't know i just i just trust them and what yeah. they're doing yeah but like now that i, I can picture because i did notice that when yeah, i first watched it stuck it. out to me i was but like he, oh my god what's he doing <laughs> he did tuck his head right I touched yeah. his chin, I should say. Yeah, that could it was like right you know, as you mentioned it. Right as Credible left his feet to, to land is like when he tucked it. I was just like, what, why is he? I guess he's looking to see where the chair is. And then, you know, once he feels Justin jump, he finally tucks his, you know, chin. I, I'm assuming he knew, he knows what to do. He's Mikey Whip Greg. He's been, he's been wrestling. Like, he knows what to do. But just seeing that. And you know, I haven't watched this show really pretty much since maybe after may of 98 but uh that year pretty much i didn't watch this in like 1999 or 2000 so it's been like over 21 22 23 years since i've really seen this show and i i noticed that and i was just like oh my god like thank god he didn't keep his head in that position because he would have been decapitated <laughs> yeah or a broken neck at the worst like i mean at the, at, probably at best a broken neck like yeah, like Steve Austin, something like that. But yeah, yeah. that could have ended poorly. Speaking of Steve uh, Austin, you hear Joey Styles <laughs> talk about how 
he stole the Stone Cold Stunner from Mikey Whipwreck. It's like, man, like, why do you have to say this stuff? You you have a working relationship with WWF. Like, why are you saying that stuff on air? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's, it's just a, weird you know, to me. I mean, yeah, it's that, ECW. That was the business no back rules, then, man. It, it was, and it didn't surprise me. But nowadays, it's just like, man, they like Vince was literally funding them. It's just funny how they would. They didn't discriminate in there. I mean, I, I'm sure there were issues they could have brought up that they didn't, but Joey Styles openly talking about how Austin stole the Stone Cold Stunner from Mikey Whipwreck. That was just, like, kind of crazy to, you know, here in May 1998 on an ECW pay-per-view. Like, what's he, what's he trying to do there? Did he right? actually, though? I thought uh, maybe he did. Maybe he started using the Stunner after he got to ECW, and then he saw Mike Whipwreck doing it. And it's like, oh, right, I yeah, I mean. But I always no. heard that Michael Hayes kind of invented the Stunner. But that was maybe. I thought maybe. I, maybe I'm tripping. I can look at that. Up well, he he. I, I guess he told Austin to do it in King of the Ring. I think that's where he. I don't know if he debuted at King of the Ring or before that, but maybe uh, he had mentioned it to Austin to use it. I don't know, but. It was literally a YouTube video, uh, WWE put up one month ago, <laughs> <laughs> asking who invented the stunner. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? But apparently, yeah, Mikey it's Whipper. called the Ace Crusher. <laughs> no, uh, well, according to WWE and a bunch of stories, it was P.S. Michael Hayes, Michael P.S. Hayes, I should say. Hmm. So, there's that information for you. By the uh, way, move on from that match. No, I, I oh, don't want to move on yet. Sorry, <laughs> I made a note that take your time in this series of matches that w- Justin Credible and Whipwreck had. Whipwreck lost in his hometown of Buffalo. It's not a WWE special for a person to lose in their hometown. It's been happening in wrestling forever. And the biggest, I think the biggest thing, I guess the biggest loss or whatever, is Fall Brawl 97. The horseman basically died in their backyard, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, like... How's that not number one for everybody when they talk about losing in their hometown? Like, I don't understand it. it they, it's like they think it's a WWE thing, but it's not. You, it's it's a wrestling you know thing to build heat. <laughs> you know why the people think it's a WWE thing? Because they suck because at WWE it. Has, <laughs> and because I've done it so many times over the years. Yeah, but... Like, it, it's just probably it, it's, like a, it's like a known thing. Like if, if WWE is in your hometown, you are going to get either lose a match or get embarrassed <laughs> in some way. And they do it every time. They do. Every time they were in Oklahoma, they like, would do something to Jim Ross. Every time they were in Memphis, they would do something to Jerry Lawler. Like if they were in Long Island, you better believe Zack Ryder was losing that night. He Zack Ryder couldn't have been on he he might miss Raw two years straight. But if they were in Long Island, boy, you better believe he was going to be on the show that night and get his ass whooped. <laughs> because, but they didn't start doing that right? stuff till long after this. Yeah, but they've done it so much though. They've abused that that tool, so to speak. They've used that tool and their toolkit to get heat over and over yeah. and over and over again. So that's the problem. That's to me, it's not true. like the, the the thought process of doing it makes sense. But when you do it. Almost annually, come on! Like, can you do something else to get heat? Like, <laughs> come on! I'm just saying, man. They killed the horseman in North Carolina, which is probably the biggest egregious yeah. thing for me personally. Because, I mean, I love that event, and I love the way that main event went. It's obviously the outcome that 
you you remember, but it's just something that I noted. That's all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's not just a WWE thing. That's you're accurate in that assessment, but WWE has they're going back to that well. Way they definitely don't times. deserve any benefit of the doubt, and I'm not trying to, you know, say that, but whew. <laughs> it's, it's happened, like, there was no need for that to lead up to this match. I, I don't know. Paul Heyman, man. <laughs> Beaten. Poor Mike Whipwreck. Oh, no, he lost in Buffalo. Like, that was like his gimmick at first, right? That he would lose all the time, and then he started yeah, winning. Like. Yeah. He was a champion. He was a heavyweight champion. At some he was a heavyweight point. champion. This. How many job guys become the heavyweight champion? So, I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. We got a backstage segment with Joey Styles where he is interrupted by the hardcore chair-swinging freaks, which is the wildest tag team name probably <laughs> in wrestling history. <laughs> Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Rest in peace to Balls Mahoney. Uh, and they talk about you know, wanting to face Chris Candido and Lance Storm. What's that? And Axel Rotten, right? I think they Axel Rotten passed still, away. He passed away? When? I, I thought he was still alive. Yeah, oh, February, man, he died in 2016? February 2016. Oh, man. Yeah. Damn, heroin overdose. I thought he was still alive. Mm. I am sorry about <laughs> that. Rest in peace to Axel Rotten as well. Um, Damn, that's crazy. It is. I'm pretty sure... I Interviewed Axel Rotten one time. Oh, wow. Back in 2013, 2014, maybe. It had to have been before 2016. Did you ask him um, about this match? I did not. Hmm. Um, I forget what I talked to him about. It was a, it was a long time ago. Um, maybe it was Ian Rotten. That's what I'm, th- I'm talking, thinking about. Maybe Ian Rotten. He's still alive, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm, I need to know. I'm looking. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, maybe that's who you were thinking of. He was trained by. Maybe Axel that's who Rodden. I was thinking of. Yeah, maybe I never. Yeah, maybe I didn't interview Axel Rotten. Fifty years I, old, jeez. Yeah, maybe I interviewed Ian Rotten. I don't know. One of those Rotten guys. Hmm. Um, so rest in peace to both Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. But on this night, they were talking about challenging Chris Candido and Lance Storm. For the ECW World Tag Team Titles, and all of a sudden they get a match. <laughs> they do, they, <laughs> they walk to the ring. Out. <laughs> like, they just walk out. Uh, say we want to fight right now, and they get the match somehow. Uh, and then and they took forever to get to the ring. Like you have the champions calling you out, and you're looking all stupid with Joey Styles on the like. Uh, uh, wait, did we actually get the match? Like what? What's going on? <laughs> like. Like, seriously, man. Like, that type of stuff. It just didn't make sense. It's like well, you just called them out, and they're out here, and you're, like, looking all confused and stuff. Like, what? <laughs> it had to register at first. I mean, come on. You gotta... <laughs> Maybe it took a while. I don't know. But Like, literally, the they champs... came out. Like, the champions came out, and Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney were like... What the hell is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They actually, they actually do? What the faces? <laughs> What? I'd get one in. Um, <laughs> speaking of the champions coming out, their entrance was pretty damn funny because yeah, the <laughs> storyline goes: Chris Candido and Lance Storm hated each other's guts, <laughs> mainly because of Candido's jealousy of, of Storm because you know Sunny liked Storm too or something like that. I don't know. 
Either way, they hate each other. So they walk out together as the tag team champions. Not really next to each other, not friendly, but they walk out together. And then Chris Candido says, man, forget this. Walks back through the curtain. They hit his music, and he walks back out for his own music. Like, yeah, it's my entrance now. Like, he came out twice. (laughs) And then made sure, when they were in the ring, that the ring announcer announced his name first as part of the team. He said, Lance Dillman, Chris Candido. He's like, no, 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 no. And told him, he's like, Chris Candido and Lance Storm. I was like, man, that's a high level of petty that I've, I don't think I've ever seen before. And I applaud it. So, it was great. Shout out to Chris Candido and rest yeah. in peace to him as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a very high level of, of petty from Chris Candido. You, you have to applaud it at, 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 at that point when it's that high. I mean, you got to do it. He made two entrances just because he wanted yeah. his own spotlight. That's wild. <laughs> he was a baby face to me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He was hilarious, man. Yeah. He was really, really funny. You know what else was really funny? Every time Balls Mahoney would throw punches or get offense in, the fans <laughs> would just chant, Balls! Yeah. <laughs> Balls! <laughs> Every time. Just... I remember watching like him at first and the fans doing that, and I was like, are they saying that? Like, I, I didn't understand like if that was actually something they were saying. I was like, this is a wrestling show. Like, are they really saying that? <laughs> it was like on ECW Hardcore TV or something. So, yeah, they would they would chant that. And when I got ECW, it's, the the music, the first album, I believe, balls that theme music was on there, and I, I was just like, oh, it's like it's a real song. <laughs> you had ECW the, the music. I yeah. didn't know that existed. Yeah, man. Extreme music. Man. I wonder. I, I don't know if they had Extreme a second music. one, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they were around long enough to have a second one. <laughs> it's just it one great. volume. It was great. Uh, speaking of chants, we got a free Ric Flair chant. And this is during the time where Ric Flair, I believe, was suspended from WCW. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on an ECW show, we got a free Ric Flair chant. <laughs> and they were, hey, look, they, they are in WCW country. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they, I totally didn't know what was going on at this point. Uh, I was like, what is... Free Ric Flair from what? I was like, do they want him to come to UCW? Like, you know, I just got on the internet, but I, w- I wasn't privy to Flair being suspended at this point because I believe that happened like the previous month. So it had been, or maybe a few weeks. I don't even know. And uh, yeah, they were he, like, he was suspended by this point. So I was just like, oh, like, how, how funny is that? <laughs> Didn't even realize it. Didn't realize it was even long a story before- at this point. Right. But long before. We got the CM Punk chance. We were getting free Ric Flair chance on wrestling shows <laughs> all over the country. So he was eventually freed, fortunately. Uh, yeah. But as far as this match, it was a you know it was a match. It was a good match. Uh, Candido and Storm won, uh, and after they won, they just fought each other backstage. Just started yeah. punching each other in the face, <laughs> mainly because Storm hits his finish. And goes for the cover. But before the referee can count to three, Candido hit him in the back with a chair, tossed him out the way, and pinned Balls Mahoney so he could get the win. Again, Candido, with the boss-level amounts of petty, (laughs) so so he can get the win. I applaud. I stand. Yes. Chris Candido. 
But just how petty his character was in ECW. Like, oh, you getting the win? Pow! Get out the way. I'm getting like, the win. He didn't just like shove him off. He hit him with a chair. He hit him with a chair. As I said, hit him with a chair with a back. Pow! <laughs> and Lance was like, ow, what the hell? <laughs> and then they fight each other backstage. That was pretty wild. Yeah. So then we move on to, I guess, sort of an intermission type of break where Joey Styles in the ring and he brings out uh, a group of wrestling legends uh first on that list first person out was jyd junkyard dog and he get a big big reaction i mean jake junkyard dog big over in the south obviously for mid-south wrestling and and of course in wwf2 one of the best baby faces of that era uh if you don't know how big of a deal Junkyard Dog was back in like in the 80s, early 80s in Louisiana, you better check out some Mid-South and see how big of a baby face he was. Uh, but the thing about Junkyard Dog was this was his final television appearance. Yeah. Uh, because a month later, he died in a single car accident when he fell asleep at the wheel while he was driving home from his daughter's high school graduation. How terrible was man. that, man? You, 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 if you're his daughter, you graduate from high school is a great achievement in your life to that point, and then not even a day later, that same day, or maybe it was a day later, I don't know, but either way, right after, you, your dad passes away in a car accident, tragically. He was only 45 yeah. years old. Hmm. So, yeah. uh, so at least on this day, he got a big reception, big ovation from the fans when he came out, but yeah, that's terrible, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny yeah, to see him today, know. though. Like not him, but see uh, the Young Rock show, and they have Junkyard Dog, a person yeah. portraying Junkyard Dog on the show, and yeah. that person looks just like Junkyard Dog. <laughs> it is crazy. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> right? Is it wait? He's, he's, he's what? What? No, oh, oh, an actor. Okay, <laughs> yeah. an actor. So. Yeah. But yeah, so rest in peace, Junkyard Dog. Also, rest in peace to the next man Joey Styles brought out, and that was Dirty Dick Slater. Uh, of course, he died in the year 2018 at the age of 67, so a little, little longer, a lot longer, I should say, than Junkyard Dog, but he brought out Dick Slater. And then lastly, or not lastly, he brought out Mash Superstar, who most people know as Bill Eady or Demolition Axe mm. from the tag team Demolition. He's still yeah. living, fortunately. He's uh, 73. So shout out to Bill Eady. He's also in No Holds Barred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As uh, what was his name in No Holds Barred? Oh man, oh, I, don't man. I can't remember his character name in No Holds Barred. He was he was definitely was it's like Jake himself? Bullet, something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's like Jake Bullet. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, he was a, he was a guy that uh, ripped Thomas, rip him, who uh, wrestled <laughs> in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, Jake Bullet. <laughs> Jake Bullet. Speaking of Bullet, the last person that Joey Styles brought out. See, see what I did there. Yeah, I, you know what? Another one. Add, add another one to. That's in that's in the Segway Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> right. But speaking of Bullet, we got the last person Joey Styles brought out was Bullet Bob Armstrong, legendary figure in, in Southern wrestling back in the territory days. Of course, he's the father. Of Brian Armstrong, better known as Road Dog, Scott Armstrong, who's also in WWE as a ref, and Brad Armstrong, who is unfortunately no longer with us, but he was also a wrestler in WCW. 
But yeah, the Armstrong family and Bullet Bob was a super over babyface back in the day. He passed on uh, just last August. Uh, I think he was in his 90s when he passed away. But uh, So rest in peace to Bullet Bob. But um, what a great name, too, Bullet Bob. Yeah. Can't get better than that. All right. Great name. So <laughs> after we come out and honor these legends... Shane Douglas comes out and hits the ring and talks to Joey Styles. And well, before that, I mean, Joey Styles says that before Shane Douglas come out comes out, Joey Styles says that Shane Douglas had a, a banged up elbow that required surgery right after the match Aww. that he was going to have later on that night. He had a fractured cheekbone Aww. and a cracked bone in the roof of his mouth. Aww. Jesus. <laughs> Sit your ass down yeah, somewhere. I know, man. We don't need to see you wrestle. I mean, I understand if you're not making guaranteed money, if you don't work, you don't get paid. But damn. And he was a champion. I understand that's tough to let go. But this is this is how much the business has changed. A guy with a fractured, what was it? Fractured cheekbone is not wrestling in WWE or fractured even AEW. Shouldn't be wrestling AEW. The fractured palate in the roof of his mouth, the elbow, which happened. Right. The elbow injury happened, I think, at the November to remember pay per view previous in November '97. So it's you know he's already been dealing with it for like six months. It's like, come on, come on, man. So I know <laughs> people. Some people rag on the guaranteed contracts or old guys get lazy, but the guaranteed contract works when if you get hurt. You can go home for a month or two, get healed up, and come back. Yeah, you not don't get hurt by being lazy. You don't get hurt by being lazy. So this is like the issue I have with people say like, "Oh, they sit at home and they're lazy and collect money." It's like, man, they they well, put their it, body through it, that it, in order to be able to do that at some point. If they do get hurt, like just shut it's up. It's literally man. what Shane Douglas said in his promo. Here is like, guys collect you know guaranteed yeah. money and they stub their big toe and they sit home. <laughs> But Shane, if you had guaranteed money, you wouldn't be working with a fractured elbow and a fractured palate and a fractured cheekbone. Yeah. Like you could sit home yeah. and heal up if you got guaranteed money. So it'd be good for you, actually. He changed his tune when he went to WCW. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Now, I could make how much when I'm hurt? <laughs> wow. But <laughs> that fractured palate did not stop him from talking a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and the stuff he was saying now <laughs> when he talked about the stub toe thing he said in his book that was a bunch of BS and he's actually said you know unedited BS we have it for you so <laughs> we have it unedited <laughs> oh you got it unedited oh yeah is it unedited on WWE Network I believe so because on Peacock yeah. it was not edited and I'm like, okay, that's one curse word. I guess Peacock missed that one. And then he goes on to talk about Shawn Michaels, called him uh, the P word, unedited. Talked about how he got handed the Intercontinental Championship because Shawn Michaels had a quote-unquote bump on his head. And he said that's from the moment he knew that the Intercontinental title in WWF meant the S word. Rounds with spit. Yeah, he did. Again. Didn't edit that. Unedited. How did this slip through the cracks? Then he calls Ric Flair Dick Flair. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because that is a name. It's an actual name. <laughs> like, 
right? And then Taz comes out, and one of like the two people in ECW that had their own custom theme music, so that was pretty cool. And the cursing continues. <laughs> Shane Douglas, you know, for one, Taz felt like because he had beaten up Shane Douglas, you know, and he he lost his television title, but he had beaten up Shane Douglas. He who's the one who hurt Shane Douglas. He he that he was the uncrowned world champion. Douglas responded by telling him to shut the f up, unedited. <laughs> uh, then he yelled at a fan, "Sit down and shut the f up." <laughs> right, dropped multiple f bombs. People were mad that they edited out like Roddy Piper and the, and yeah. the blackface. Bro, they haven't gotten to certain. Th- Just watch Wrestlepalooza '98. You'll hear all the cursing you want. Because <laughs> they don't bleep out Shane Douglas at all. Peacock, y'all, y'all, if y'all gonna, <laughs> y'all probably listen to this like, oh man, we need to get on this right away. <laughs> yeah. So, don't be mad, y'all. Don't blame us when. All of a sudden, the rest of Palooza has, you know, it ended up the curse words. But we, look, we got to keep it real. It was wild. I was watching, I was like, damn, this is on NBC's streaming channel, streaming service. I don't know how much content they have on there that has that level of vulgarity. Uh, but Shane Douglas has probably has the record for the number of curse words said on Peacock right now from Wrestle Palooza. 1998 <laughs> of all the people who could have that record the franchise shane douglas has that record he definitely does and we have uh gonna prove it like i have the the promo up until taz comes out so it's about three minutes long and we're like we're gonna hey if you listener discretion advised like we could play it right now and because uh, <laughs> this was one of the uh more memorable moments of the show uh, for me personally, and I know you you even said that promo was wild, so <laughs> we're going to play it. Cut the damn music! I have been in this sport for 16 years, and I started when wrestling was still wrestling, and they didn't call it an entertainment. They called it a sport. And I was there when I saw the older generation wrestle with injury after injury. And I've also seen punks in the business today that are on guaranteed contracts, stub a toe and take six months off and still collect a paycheck. In my book, that's a bunch of shit. Jesus. (laughs) That sounds like, whoa, wait a second. (laughs) I was in a place called the World Wrestling Federation. Boo. And there was a time when I was supposed to stretch Shawn Michaels. Stretch him. Yeah. <laughs> Not beat him. Abdominal stretch. And instead, the pushy walked out to the ring and handed me a belt. <laughs> oh, my God. WWE <laughs> Network. Not edited. And it was at that minute I knew the WWE Intercontinental belt meant shit in this Yikes. How did WWE miss this? <laughs> ECW, man. <laughs> they they ruined care. WCW. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Oh, get it? Yeah, he sucks Bischoff's ass. That's why Bischoff suspended him. Yep. 
and wanted to fight him like on TV. Yeah. Fire me! I'm already fired. Sit down somewhere. And I plan on coming out here tonight and giving a wrestling match of a lifetime because it may be a last wrestling match in my career. You're right. Mm. Sit down somewhere. You witness, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you will tell your kids and your grandkids and your great great grandkids. Nope. Sorry, no. Like he whip I have not, <laughs> I have not told Gabby that at all. <laughs> I have not told so, my nieces or nephews at all. Uh, my goddaughters and godsons, I have not said anything about that. Mm-mm. So that's not what happened. <laughs> but yeah, that promo was wild. That was again, before, said, and said, right after that, yeah, the task came out. So I didn't uh, include that, but it's pretty wild for a '98. Yeah, I'm watching that. I'm just kind of like, damn. Because every single promo I've seen is on, you know, edited on TV. They bleep out everything. So to hear right. it, you know, and my parents probably like, whoa, because WWF didn't do that at this point. Um, they were like pushing the envelope, but they weren't, you know, saying those words on TV. And WCW sure as hell wasn't. So <laughs> they were probably right. like, what the hell? And, and it's pay-per-view. You can get away with it on pay-per-view. Yeah. So I'm not even really like, so I guess at the time you're watching it as a kid. And like I said, your mom ordered this for you. Yeah, that's wild. But as I watch it today, I'm like, oh, well, I understand that he cursed a lot on pay-per-view. But why hasn't nobody bleeped that out? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. stunned yeah. that that is still up here in 2021 on Peacock, on NBC Universal streaming service. Maybe they have content where it's, they have explicit language. And I don't know about it, you know, but... I, I, fu- I have a funny feeling that they don't, they don't have a lot of content up, up there like this. So <laughs> uh, that was wild. Uh, eventually, Taz talks his trash, comes out, chokes out, damn near choked out Shane Douglas. <laughs> uh, but security helped him. Security saved him before he got put put down. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow comes out, starts fighting Taz. All hell breaks loose. Taz eventually gets arrested and hauled off to jail. Or before he gets hauled off to jail, he gets put in the back of a car and just kicks the window out. And Shane Douglas is in the ring spitting up blood. How can this man still wrestle? He's clearly bleeding internally. <laughs> All hell is breaking loose right here. <laughs> it was it was nuts. It was definitely nuts. And it was me. I remember, you know, by this point, I think we had already seen Austin get arrested. And, you know, I was just like, oh, Taz is like an Austin wannabe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> As a fan. You no. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, nah, they were different in a lot of ways, but to me, I was just like, man, can they stop copying WWF? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way, if anything, it was it, the other way around. Right, exactly. Exactly. WWF was copying ECW, but you mentioned Taz. Like, Taz was a badass in ECW, bro. Yeah, he like, was. He, he was, was the truth. Like, that music, survive if I let you. And he even had, like, special lighting for him. He had tap out on the, on, like, the little stage thing right there the, the, you know, the unique lighting and the music 
and the, the walk he would do and just he looked like he would yeah. kill somebody yeah he was only like five eight but who cares he, he was like <laughs> look at damn fire hydrant yeah i wouldn't want to go and, against him <laughs> no and then he slammed people on the top of their head like he looked like he could kill somebody and ecw did everything they could to build him up as this monster he beat Bam Bam. Oh, did he beat Bam Bam Bigelow? I think he beat him once. I know he lost the t- t- TV he beat title him. to him. But. Yeah, he beat him. I think, uh, I know they wrestled at Heat Wave uh, after this. Yeah, 98. And I believe yeah. he I beat think him Taz that won time. that match. So he lost yeah. at Living Dangerously, but he went right. through the ring, so there was like a good, you know, they right. did that, that well. That was the one in Asbury, that was the one in Asbury Park where I think, yes. didn't, uh, that, that was a main event, right? No, that they was, had a match uh, after that. I think they wrestled it was right before, around yeah. that hole. Yep. Yeah, so, Meanie, Meanie, yeah. Blue Meanie told us uh, WWF helped him with that. Uh, speech, right, so. right. It's kind of cool. Yeah, interesting tidbit there. I do yeah. recall that. Uh, but, yeah, they wrestled a heat wave. That's when he went off the st- Well, they went through the stage. Yeah, and wave. then even off the stage, I know Taz suplexed him into the crowd, I believe, at, like yeah, off the I ramp, think Taz and had... he hit his head on the car trail. Yeah. I think that really that messed him up. Awful. Yeah, but Taz was awesome. And then WWF, which is like, eh, not really. <laughs> Just because he wasn't 6'2". Like, I don't understand that, man. And yeah. it's, the business is totally different today. If Taz came along today, he could probably still be that monster. Mm-hmm. But back in 98, WWF was just wasn't having it for some reason. Not, or 90, not 98, 99, <laughs> 2000. He, he yeah. debuted War Rumble 2000. So, for whatever reason, just wasn't happening. And even though he... Chokes out Kurt Angle on his first match. It just I don't know. I I didn't get it. I don't either. And maybe he just came along when there was other so many other stars too. You got The Rock. You got Steve Austin. You got Triple H. And maybe they just didn't feel like they had room for him at the top. But I think he could have fit in at the top. And with him, Jericho, Benoit, Kurt Angle, all those guys, he could have been the ECW guy that got put up there alongside the WCW guys and like Jericho, Benoit. You know, they were both in ECW too. Don't get me wrong, but they were more seen as ECW guys. And mm-hmm. Kurt Angle's the Olympian, and then you have your ECW guy that you bring up there in Taz. But for whatever reason, it did not happen, and I still think that was a mistake on WWF's part. So yeah, I agree. I- You're listening to the Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio you'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best you can also listen to classic episodes of the straight shooters at shootersradio.com after all that chaos how can we how can we calm this situation down (laughs) i got an idea let's bring out new jack (laughs) Oh man, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll calm the situation, you know. New Jack comes out with <laughs> on the Peacock, and I'm sure the WWE Network as well. 
the generic in the ghetto rap music playing in the background, which just it doesn't yeah, it's just not playing. I don't know if people probably. Playing. Well, that's what happened with New Jack. New Jack would fight, <laughs> and the music would keep playing during his matches, <laughs> which was a, I thought was hysterical. Like I thought that was a great touch that nobody has tried to replicate since then. Uh, even with, you know, even though it was, you know he did it with a real licensed song, you would think somebody would try to replicate that somehow. I don't know, maybe in a different way. Either way, uh, it's not the same on a streaming service today because obviously these streaming services don't have the rights to the actual song, which is Natural Born Killers by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and whatnot. But it's just not the same, <laughs> you know. I almost, I actually did play the actual song and put Peacock on mute so I can try to get the kind of the full experience. But it's just not the same. You really did that? I really did that. (laughs) And it kind of helped. Ain't nobody got time But it's just... I did it. It took two seconds. It it wasn't that hard. You're killing me, Because you need to fully experience New Jack at his... You really did that. At his most... (laughs) At his most brutal... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it wasn't man. hard. I, I I just didn't think of doing that. That's interesting to me. No, I did. I did. Try it. You got to try it next time. And listen mm. to that song, which is a dark song, bro. Uh. <laughs> it's a real dark song. But that beat hard, though. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that beat is crazy. But, the, yeah, the, 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 the material on that song is pretty dark. But, uh, yeah, it, it, the song that they have in the, the streaming service is just, uh just yeah. it's not I mean, same, those are bro. always brutal, definitely. And you can definitely tell at ECW they do the most uh, editing when it comes to music. Yeah, because ECW used they use licensed, licensed music, music. Yeah, <laughs> for ev- pretty much everybody but Taz and Sabu. Yeah, but everybody else, you know, they had something and they got to dub over it somehow. They could have used this. They did the work. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. Another licensed song. <laughs> But also, it's like they did the work in dubbing over everybody's songs to avoid <laughs> getting sued, but didn't bleep out the cursing? That just kind of... That's not really backwards. Yeah. It's just, y'all could have did that in one fell swoop. Like, y'all could have did that and didn't bleep it out at the same time. <laughs> right. They deserve that. Uh, I want to roll but with, with these sounds. You, you are. You are. Uh, <laughs> this match was as crazy as you would expect. I mean, like I said, New Jack came to the ring with a trash can, a mystical shirt, yeah. and a bunch of weapons. And an actual like real guy- looking trash can, a cool trash can that right not makes like me the, believe the that it's a trash can. <laughs> yeah, plastic one. It was the like the shiny real, metal. Like, right, it was like a real like multi-gallon trash can, a waste bin, <laughs> like the a waste bin. <laughs> right, you'll find like in an arena somewhere. Like he wouldn't. We got him in school to get hit with that. Yeah. School, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in public, like an industrial <laughs> trash can. He would not want to get hit with. Um, but they, he had it. He had a amongst the weapons he had in that can was a Godzilla action figure <laughs> that he used to put uh, in between Bam Bam Bigelow's legs and then hit it with a hockey stick. So that's just one thing that happened. Another thing that happened, it's funny. <laughs> um, as soon as I saw the balcony in the Cobb <laughs> County Civic Center, I was like, oh, New Jack's going to jump off of that at some point. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, 
they fight into the stands, and New Jack just finds his way up those steps and up that balcony, and then grabbed a guitar. I was like, "Oh, what's going to happen here?" Yeah. And he jumps off with the guitar, and hits Bam Bam Bigelow over the head with it. It seemed like it doesn't seem very logical to do. You could have just hit him over the yeah. head on while your feet on the ground, but that, yeah, I guess twenty feet all up. the way up to the yeah. top. And hurt himself probably he, in the midst of that. Like, I, think, sure. I think he really knocked himself out, or right. definitely because he wasn't the first one up. <laughs> no, the match pretty much ended after that. Like Bam Bam put him in the ring, put him in the with the pile driver, the um, welcome the greetings Maybe. from Asbury Park, and then won the match. And New Jack didn't stand on his feet the rest of the after no, that. Like, no, like people came out to check on him. Yeah, Bam Bam threw the big ass trash can on top of him anyway. <laughs> And that was the end of the match. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of an abrupt end to that match. Yeah, especially because New Jack was the last one to like do a high-impact move and then, I guess, he knocked himself out. I think he even admitted at some point he might have been high <laughs> during that match. So I'm sure that Ooh. jump and fall did not help him at all. It didn't look like it. People, there was a lot of people that rushed to him after the match. Yeah. You know, yeah. So something must have been wrong. Like they had to know <laughs> yeah. even before that. So why even let him go out there? I I just don't. ECW wasn't you know <laughs> known for for that type of stuff. I don't think really any wrestling company was. They there were certain things they wouldn't allow happen, but they kind of let just guys go out there even if they didn't see deem they were kind of like a hundred percent too. So it was just kind of weird. You know, the whole situation was just weird. To me, yeah, well, this is also the same promotion that had the uh 16 year old kid go out there, yeah, <laughs> unbeknownst yeah. to everyone who did they, they thought it was in the other, yeah, age but he lied to us. Lied. Like, well, then do your due diligence, man. Like, yeah, get another, not just like an ID, like, I don't know, it was a very weird time back then when it comes to pro wrestling, yeah. Uh, but moving on from that, we got a video recap. Of the Dudley Boys, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman rivalry. Uh, which, you know, a lot of chair shots to the head. A lot of Singapore canes to the face. A lot of violence, which is what you would expect. This is ECW, after all. Uh, we get the whole Dudley family in the ring. We got Bubba Ray, Devon, Sign Guy, Big Dick Dudley, and Joel Gertner, who's about to go into a spiel, with, minus Spike Dudley. I should, should mention they didn't have Spike Dudley with him because they had already shunned Spike Dudley from the family by this point. But Joel Gertner's about to go into his whole shtick, his whole spiel, and then he gets cut off by the Sandman in his <laughs> generic uh, rock music at this point on the, on the streaming services. But it was also obviously Metallica uh, into the Sandman. Uh, he comes out, fans are go crazy. Because Sandman's entrance was like pretty much worth the price of admission alone for a lot of ECW shows. Uh, but the story here is that Sandman was sent to the hospital by the Dudleys and was thus less than 100% for this match. So you see him kind of got like a crook in his neck or something like that. He's kind of gingerly cracking open the beers and chucking it slowly, not, you know, in two seconds flat like he usually did. Um but this was like one of the longest entrances I've ever seen. Like I feel like he went like <laughs> around the entire ring cracking open beers and sm- and taking drags of that damn cigarette. Dude, it was uh, longer than the RVD Sabu match. And that went thirty minutes. 
Uh, I, I was just waiting. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I forgot how long this was. Uh, was t- Sandman's entrances always that long? I mean, I feel like I know his entrances again were like part of a major part of his act. Like that was, uh, yeah, people they were, got into his entrance. They were pretty long, but then you add in Tommy Dreamer and Beulah and, you know, them doing their thing. Uh, you just add it to it. It's like, come on. And I even wrote Sandman looks hurt as hell because the way he was walking gingerly, like you said, it was just like, I was almost thinking to myself, if he's legit hurt, like, why is he wrestling now? Like, geez, like, come on. <laughs> Amen. But it, it could have been storyline, but at the same time, he probably was really hurting too, like a lot of those guys were. You gotta get paid, man. Yeah. If you don't work, you don't get paid. That's how it be. Mm-hmm. But regardless of the fact that he was injured, he still was throwing tables in people's faces, brought a steel guardrail into the ring. Uh, but it worked against him, that guardrail, because yeah. he tried to throw Bubba into it, but he reversed it and threw Sandman into it. Problem was, Sandman was really hurt, a <laughs> big hurt, I guess, in storyline, and stayed down and got stretched out of the ring in the neck brace. <laughs> like, took one bump and was like, nope, done. Body gave up on him. So now, Tommy Dreamer is all by his lonesome, fighting off both Bubba Ray and Devon. They crotch him on the guardrail and then hit him with a concerto before anyone knew what that even was. So, <laughs> turns out they were the innovators of the chairs, not Edge and Christian. Yeah. Uh, as well as the tables, you know, for the Dudley boys. So, uh, but eventually, like I mentioned earlier, little Spike Dudley, who was shunned from the family, comes out to help Tommy Dreamer. Uh, but Big Dick Dudley takes care of him pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know his finish was called Total Penetration, <laughs> which is just like okay, all right, uh, okay, have mercy. <laughs> You know, Big Dick Dudley, total penetration. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yep. But Beulah gets in the ring. It's <laughs> sign guy Dudley with a DDT. <laughs> so stuff is just happening all over yeah, the place. Yeah. And I didn't. I, from the hospital, I guess, or from the back, <laughs> off his stretcher comes Sandman with a neck brace around his neck. With a brace around his neck, I should say. Not a neck brace around his neck. That sounds stupid. <laughs> But you're not wrong. I'm not wrong, but it sounds dumb. Uh, <laughs> he starts swinging the Singapore cane, hitting everybody in the face with one, and then he and Tommy Dreamer get pick up the win. So, yeah, that was uh, what happened. That was something. <laughs> it was a, it was something. It was uh, it was a lot. Yeah, but yeah. That was that. Not else to say about it. Not bad to that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then we move on. We got a video package uh, featuring Sabu and Rob Van Dam, who were tag team partners, who both managed by Bill Alfonso, former referee in WWF and ECW. But they're going to face each other for the ECW World Television Championship, which was held, of course, by Rob Van Dam. He had only won it the month prior from Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, but he would, spoiler, he's going to retain somehow on this show, but he would go on to hold that title for 699 days. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely in that era, too. Yeah, he didn't lose the belt until March 4th, 2000. He held this belt until another decade. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy. I remember but, again, getting tired of his title reign. I was just like, when will he lose already? Jeez. 
He's like his in matches there, with Jerry Lynn. I was like, Jerry Lynn's got to win at some point. Come on. <laughs> no. No. You got to hold the belt for almost 700 days. Yeah. But the story here, again, is that Bill Alfonso manages both Rob Van Dam and Sabu. So he's kind of supposed to be, like, impartial here. He even got his crooked ref, Jeff Jones, to be the <laughs> referee. Uh, but this is what I noticed is, like, when we, we see the promo with Bill Alfonso and he's holding the television title. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I forgot that the t- TV title in ECW looked just like the WWF title. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. It was a winged eagle. Yeah. And then I was like, damn, the tag titles, they were the Intercontinental cha- <laughs> Championship. <were>. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. And they were just like a national promotion, just using another promotion's belts, essentially. <laughs> just slapped their logos on it. And, and nobody batted an eye. The heavyweight title was more like the WCW heavyweight title. So they like mixed and matched. <laughs> right. And that the ECW one that Shane Douglas had reminded me of the big gold belt in WCW. That it just kind of reminded me of that. It wasn't exactly a copy, but you know, the TV title and the tag titles were exact copies. They were. <laughs> and it was, it was funny. They eventually did change the titles over and have their own titles. But at this point, they did not. <laughs> Those tag titles look just like yep. where they were, the Intercontinental titles. Yep. There's two of them. Same for the TV title. They made the heavyweight title the TV title for some reason. <laughs> it was weird. It was really weird. Paul was like, can I do this, uh, Vince? He was like, sure. <laughs> or he said no. Logos on Paul it. did it anyway. <laughs> right. Maybe Vince didn't even know. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me your talent. You can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this match was a lot of... For one, it went 30 minutes, which I think is the longest match on the show. Yeah. I feel like it went on for forever. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Sabu matches should last 30 minutes Mm-mm. because you're going to get a lot of him jumping off ropes, springboarding, and falling. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of that. And once you see it four or five times of him like messing up or not quite getting it right, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have him do 30 minute matches. Maybe like 10, 15 minute matches. Because <laughs> uh, this match was okay. Especially with all the botches that we saw. That's that what I'm saying. So like, you see, if he wrestles for too long, he's, he's going to botch at some point because it's just taking too many chances. Yeah. He's going to do it. He's, he'll do it a couple times in a shorter match. They gave him 30 minutes here. So I, yeah, this I know, match was I know ECW had contracts, but how did R V D not get signed at this point by WCW or WWF? That always boggles my mind. I don't know. He was like, he was, he was in he WCW was before, with... but it's like dude, he's so yeah, he was good. Like a job he's guy, so though. damn good right now. Like, how's he not in one of those promotions? Yeah, his he was I mean, he got to WWE eventually, obviously, and he had great years in WWE, but obviously he was like at his athletic prime. In like 97, 98, 99. Yeah, like yeah. he was incredible. Uh, smooth and he could just jump from one side of the building to the next. Uh, like I said, he, like he said, he was the whole effing show. He really was. Like he, he really was. Watch ECW for Rob Van Dam. Like it was a gimmick, but he at was, the same time, he didn't lie. <laughs> he wasn't a heel lying. Right. Like he was telling the truth. <laughs> and there's no. You know, you, you see why he was like kind of the featured guy from ECW when he went to WWE and like that invasion stuff. Once they kind of ended the invasion part of it, or I, even I can say the, the one guy that was like true blue ECW that was featured the most was Rob Van Dam, yep. even during the invasion. Yep. 
Uh, and then once it was over, you see Robert Downey got the biggest push, and it, it, you know why? Because he was super talented, mm-hmm. and super over. So I guess the Dudley Boys are counting that they were there before the invasion, though. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, true. but yeah, I mean this match it was it was long. They were multiple botches from Sabu with the DDT spot through the table that didn't work out too well. Um, fans booed that, and didn't they boo to finish because it was a <laughs> thirty-minute time limit draw, which I did not expect. In a yeah, you know, it's a TV title match. So I guess there's time limits, but I didn't expect that from ECW. No, there wasn't did even they a countdown. No, uh, to the best of my knowledge of what I remember, not really. But uh, I don't even think they mentioned. I don't think Joey Styles mentioned that they were like coming close to time a time limit or anything or right. any of that. Maybe, so maybe when it the was bell like rang, Bill I was just like, what? <laughs> maybe it was a Bill Alfonso thing. Maybe yeah. you got Jeff Jones in there to do the time limit thing right. so no one, no one had to lose. Maybe that's part Possible, of the story. Yeah. It's just but we weren't told abrupt, that at that time, which is kind of weird. That you know, Usually they beat you over the head with things that are even confusing and kind of make you understand something, but they didn't understand anything. All Joey Styles was doing was like, Jeff Jones is in there, what? Like, yeah, that Come on, dude. Jones? Come on, Joey. Like, tell me what the hell's going on here. <laughs> like, he just wasn't. <laughs> he... Well, not his best night on commentary. What did he call? He kept calling him something. I can't remember what it was, but what? Uh, he's, he, he's been on the take. Crooked. Yeah, yeah he's been on the take for years. Yeah, he's been in Bill Alfonso's pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Like, I don't remember any of that, but okay. <laughs> I remember when he was Judge yes. Jeff Jones with us, Sid. That was funny. They wore the yeah, judge robe Jeff and everything. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Wasn't he Judge Jeff Jones by Heat Wave? Like, I'm pretty sure he was uh, he been, the judge yeah. by Heat Wave. I don't know. Heat Wave is, apparent, is widely uh, critically acclaimed, I should say, as ECW's best pay-per-view ever. So we might have to do that. That's some, uh, we should. That. I, I don't think I've watched that from beginning to end. So Pretty sure that's a show that had, I think, RVD and Sabu against Hayabusa and, oh, I can't remember um, uh, I don't even. That know. was a great show. Cause I remember doing that for um, Throwback Thursday. Yeah, yeah, back in like I forget when I did it, but um, that was a dope show. Uh, let me see. Was, Made up for this because I think it was their next pay per view after this. Yeah, August second, ninety eight. Yeah, they had the Six Man Street Fight with Dreamer, Sandman, and Spike Dudley against the Dudley Boys. That was dope. From what I remember, at least, um, yeah, we gotta do that when August rolls around. Yeah, uh, just incredible. Jerry Lynn, Candido, Storm. Finally, they had Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome, which was ridiculous. Oh, wow. I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, Sabu and uh, RVD versus Hayabusa and Shinzaki, Jinsei Shinzaki, which I remember being crazy. <laughs> um, Taz and Bam Bam, and then the, the street, the six man was was the main event for some reason. I don't know why that was the main event, but. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, I think Shane Douglas was he was nursing his injuries by this point. Yeah, yeah, he so, didn't. Yeah, uh, I remember he get was back on, in the ring till like he, the fall. Yeah, he didn't come back to like November or something like that. November to remember, I think. Either way, uh, I think he was on commentary or they interviewed him at some point yeah. during that show. Which is funny because he was on commentary to uh, the previous year for a little bit. So. He, whenever he was injured, he just went to commentary. <laughs> it makes sense. He was a yeah. good talker. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we got this finish here. 
The fans wanted five more minutes. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thirty minute time limit. Draw. Well, why would you there want you five more minutes of that? <laughs> yeah, that. Like I, I like, remember thinking back then how great that match was. Because uh, in my mind, every draw must be a great match. But watching it for I, for this podcast, it was not not good. I was not feeling it. No, it just was like oddly paced, mm-hmm. and it was just weird. Sabu, I'll tell you this, give you this much. Sabu would pretty much do anything. Like yeah. he would just make stuff up. It looked like on the fly. Like he would just. <laughs> it wasn't like he would. Uh, you know, there was like planned spots that made sense. He was like just RVD was standing like in the crowd next to the guardrail. He just springboarded onto yeah. him for some reason. I was just like, what? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It even makes sense. I'm pretty sure he hit his face in the guardrail. Yeah. Like when he did that, and it's just like he would just do anything in there. Like, <laughs> and I guess that's part of you know his gimmick. He was a suicidal, genocidal, homicidal, and all that. Sabu, uh, but he would just he would just whatever came to his mind. It looked like he would just do it. It's crazy about now. <laughs> Didn't he have a SummerSlam match against John Cena? <laughs> like at one oh, point. Yeah, that was. <laughs> what? That had to be 06, right? When ECW came. Yeah. Back. I was like, what? Why did they give him that opportunity? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sabu and John Cena. Forget Sabu. Forget John Cena RVD, which was a great you know match at that one night stand pay per view. We got John Cena versus Sabu. At SummerSlam, right? Like, what? No Pretty idea. sure that was a SummerSlam match. So wait, they had a lumberjack match too. What? Oh, it was Vengeance. They had a Vengeance match. They had more than one match, match, apparently. <laughs> right? What extre- the hell was this? Extreme lumberjack match at Night of Champions. Yeah, Vengeance. Yeah, that was yeah Night of Champions. Oh, that was the same one. Yeah, that's what it was like. Vengeance, oh. not the champion. That's when they first started. Oh god, it, yeah, sure. I remember that. That stupid ass name. <laughs> Just leave it, Vengeance. Think, yeah. Light of Champions is a good name, but Vengeance is a good name too. Like, why the hell would you move Vengeance? <sighs> but yeah, yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I think well, maybe it wasn't that one yet that year, but I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Well, it said at Vengeance. It was like a WWE.com story. It was like at Vengeance, but it was like Night of Champions logos everywhere. So their their website is so like so confusing the way it's laid out and the way links are laid out. If you go to like a certain page, it's so confusing. I don't know who does or who runs WWE.com, but it's probably Kevin Dunn (laughs) because so damn confusing. So damn confusing. Yeah, because he, he, this was after RVD won the title, and then he got busted with, you know, marijuana. Yeah. And he had to drop it back to Cena. And so they had a match with Sabu for some reason. I think that's when they, I think that's when Sabu went away. Oh, Sabu yeah, and Big Show had a match at SummerSlam for the ECW title. <laughs> okay. John Cena had the match against Edge. That's right. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why I thought they had a match at SummerSlam. It was Vengeance. Okay. That was the right Either after way, that's pretty wild. So, yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So. The, what I liked the most about this match at WrestlePalooza was mainly the storyline, I guess. Like, partners going against each other. And it was relatively new at the time with me. So I didn't hate it. And I thought the whole the promo before the match when Bill Alfonso backstage and put the title up to the camera and then having one guy on one side and the other on the other, I thought that was yeah. funny. Like, I enjoyed that. But... Uh, that's what I like the most about that. Like the the match, nah, not a fan. Definitely yeah, overhyped that when I was a kid. Like I was like, oh, this is awesome because draws rule, but no, not at all. 
You expected more out of both of them. Yeah. But they made up for that heat wave. Yeah. When I remember, <laughs> the tag team match against, like I said, Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki was dope, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I can't. If we, we, When we do that, we will do that. I can't wait to watch that match again. Because I remember that being like, like whoa, this is what was ahead of its time, uh, this tag team match. So, nice. looking forward to that. Moving on, uh, speaking of promos, like you mentioned with the Bill oh, Alfonso one, yeah. we now get a couple of promos <laughs> from Shane Douglas. Uh, we get a video package talking about his rise to the top of ECW. And, of course, we could talk about Al Snow's top rise to the top of ECW and how he was pretty much the most over guy in the promotion with head, the mannequin head. Uh, <laughs> we get Shane Douglas talking about how, you know, not cursing this time, but he's going to lock him cutting another promo. Al Snow cuts a promo talking about him and Shane Douglas started, you know, probably around the same time and how much he had... You know, work so hard to get to this point. Now it's his time to you know be at the top, to be the guy on top of the business and be the world champion. So after that, we're like already Shane Douglas is already in the ring for some reason. We didn't get a full entrance from him, but we do get a full entrance from Al Snow, who, if you don't remember Al Snow in ECW, at least at the tail end of his time in ECW, he honestly was. One of the probably the most, if not the two or three most, over people in the promotion. Like his entrance alone would get the people going bananas. All right, with that song, that music, that thumping like techno music, right? And then the the, the strobe lights, and they would have like thousands of mannequin heads in the audience, and people just bobbing them back and forth, and he's bobbing his head, and it gets in the ring and bounces back and forth. People were going crazy over there. It's like in the like a crazy adrenaline rush thing yeah. type of going thing type going on for like two or three minutes while he was making his entrance, and the people were going crazy for that. Yeah, and they were behind Al Snow. You see on this show again, thousands of mannequin heads in the audience. ECW pass him out, and his entrance is like an experience. It was like a rave. It was weird. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, and it was yeah. kind of weird too. You look at you look at a whole <laughs> group of thousands of people with mannequin heads. Uh, but that man, look. Whatever works, man. People were into it. They would shoot him walking to the ring upside down and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. The way ECW produced it, everything that went into it was pretty dope. So, yeah, Al Snow, big over. And because of that, he got a world title match on this show. Also because he, I think he pinned Shane Douglas at one point, right? He did, living dangerously, yeah. He pinned him with the snowplow. With the snowplow. He was Lance Storm's mystery partner. And right. Shane Douglas was like, what are you going to give me? Because he was in like the Cabo Clutch, Chris Candido, and Lance Storm was like, I'm going to give you head. And I was like, wait, 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 what? what? <laughs> but then he meant Al Snow. He meant Al Snow. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you head. Oh, whoa, okay. That's not what I was <laughs> intending, but all right. <laughs> do I'm good though. You, you don't have to do that. This is it's not that type of party. All right. <laughs> so this match, I don't really have much to speak of from this match, besides the fact that the last like two minutes were kind of bizarre. 
I'd say, yeah. I mean, Shane Douglas was so limited in what he could really make look good. Uh, right. So the whole banged up. match was, you know, not something I, even back then as a fan, I was just kind of like, oh, are they faking? Like, it, I never really could tell if they were really injured because, you know, I didn't know the behind-the-scenes stuff at that point. Even, you know, having the internet at that point, like, I wasn't on it with, with wrestling that much yet. So, uh but yeah, looking back, like definitely his injuries were legit, and it affected this match. And uh, really, the ending just—it just didn't make it sense weird, to me. Bro. But like, they didn't even pan. Like you, I remember they were in the aisle way, like fighting, and then you see like all the wrestlers there, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And then Joey Styles right, finally what? says something like, "But why are but they out like, here? <laughs> why?" And then <laughs> Shane Douglas. Counters a sunset flip from uh, Alsnow. Counters botched, sunset flip. A botched one where he he landed like five feet away from him. So Douglas had to like it, backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been better, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he countered it. Pins Alsnow. Fans are upset. Yeah, because so it was out of nowhere too. You had the the wrestlers that were out there were like surrounding the ring now, bagging the apron. And, right. Like I, I thought, just okay, the, things are gonna get good, but then it just abruptly ended. Did this story call for the whole locker room to be out there? <laughs> no, because like no one gave a crap. Like, no one. It wasn't a, a match that was built like the greatest wrestling match ever. Like, no, not every, <laughs> not everybody <laughs> had an opinion on it. Like, we didn't. Oh know, like, nobody had an opinion on it except right. And like, they interviewed and the other wrestlers. <laughs> interviewed the other wrestlers. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see this match. Right. This match has been months in the making, you know what I'm saying, the franchise versus Al Snow, like, this is big for ECW, like, nothing like that, throughout the show at least. Wow. Um, So they're all out there, like I said, St. Douglas wins, abruptly, and then the fans, because they're upset, instead of throwing trash in the ring, they just threw all the mannequin heads in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, it was like the weirdest looking wrestling riot of all time, like, yeah. instead of, like, the chairs or the trash. <laughs> yeah. Mannequin heads. <laughs> Came flying into the ring. And then amongst the mannequin heads, the wrestlers piled into the ring too. That was surrounding the ring. They get into the ring. And it's like, what, what's happening? I'm like, is everybody about to fight? Like, what's going on here? And then they hoisted both Douglas and Al Snow on their shoulders. <laughs> and had them shake hands in the air like... You know, hey, yeah, good match. It's like, wait a minute, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Will you stop? All right. Shane Douglas, I'm sure this is probably one of his last matches before he went away because he was hurt. Fair enough. He gets some respect on his way out. But why did they act like this was like the greatest match that's ever happened in wrestling? To, to the point that both men and all the wrestlers had this admiration for each other. Also, this is extreme championship wrestling. Like, that's not what this is about. What the hell was this ending, bro? I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. I what? No, I don't either. And it wasn't like, oh yeah, you are my respect type thing. It was it was weird because the match how... was thirteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, like it was like a thirty-five minute classic. You know what other matches were 13 minutes? Pinfalls. Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe and TNA. Their first match was like 13-some minutes, but that was high intensity at all times. That was a classic, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. It was not this. 
<laughs> it was not this at all. Which Why is did they do that for Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe? Well, how did the hell the locker room come out and hoist them on their shoulders? Right. This was clunky. The ending was 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 bungled, and then we get this weird haphazard handshake, and, and you know while they're being hoisted up by wrestlers, I didn't understand that. Not at all. I I didn't understand it either. Too bad. Too too bad it like went off the air like right away. I don't th- even think Joey Styles could like make it make sense. Like I said, he had an off night. I, I wasn't a fan of his commentary all night. Uh, you know, he could have easily helped the situation and just didn't. <laughs> he could have been like, "That's a sign of respect." Blah blah blah. Like, I. But why? I, exactly. Like he would have to come up with that. Like he would have to come up with that. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't tell it. you what would make sense at this point. I didn't get it. At least ECW made up for Heat Wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heat Wave was, a, from what I remember, a much more fun show to watch and look back on. Yeah. So we got to do that. And this was your future. first viewing of Wrestlepalooza, right? From what I can, yeah, because I've watched Living Dangerously. Um, but I feel like I have watched this show before. <sighs> Not uh, maybe I watched certain bits and pieces. I feel like I've watched Shane Douglas and Al Snow before, mm. and I feel like I watched a New Jack Bam Bam Bigelow match before. But mm. I know I didn't watch like the Candido Lance Storm tag team match, yeah, or the Rob Van Dam Sabu match, which is a disappointment in my my opinion. Um, definitely watched Living Dangerously though with Bam Bam and Taz. And I forget, damn, I can't remember what else was on that show, but that show was definitely in Asbury Park. Uh, do recall that? And um, yeah, but it's just this just show was weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. ECW definitely had better shows. I've watched, I've seen better shows from ECW. This yeah. was uh, this was an odd one. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, they they built on some things that that we saw the blow off of at Heatwave eventually. Uh, so maybe they were like still building things there, but when you only do like four or five pay per views a year, I don't know if there's time for like the bridge shows where you're still building the Landstorm Candido thing, and which they blew off a heat wave, and the Taz Bam Bam Bigelow match, which we got a heat wave, and I don't know, it's just it's just odd. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a very odd show. Agreed. It's just. That energy and that adrenaline rush that you usually get from an ECW from a big ECW show. Oh yeah, not there. I just at all. didn't feel <laughs> it here. It just the energy was just wasn't there, and I was suspecting it because I've seen, like I said, I've seen ECW shows in the past, and you mentioned it. The crowd wasn't that hot. There definitely been hotter crowds, like that one at Living Dangerously. That helps when you know Bam Bam is the hometown guy, but like you know, obviously ECW arena crowds are you know super hot, but like. That energy just wasn't there. Just I don't know. Now, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a C minus, <laughs> D plus, maybe. <laughs> this was not the best show <laughs> for us to have our first ECW deep dive no, on. It was not. Luckily, it goes up from here. So. Yes. I mean, maybe even okay. in the two thousand ECW two thousands, there were probably better shows. So. I guess they didn't have better talent. I know that. No. <laughs> you know, when you got 
Taz is gone. Dudley boys are gone. Yeah. Now Snow is gone. I think Shane Douglas is back in WCW. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he was with the, the Radicals. He was before they yeah. left WCW. He was with yeah. those guys. And they yeah. left him behind. <laughs> they left him <laughs> hanging. And like, see ya. Um, see ya, Dean. Right. <laughs> see a dynamic dude. Um, My, that is <laughs> They left him behind. But so Shane Douglas is gone. Who else was gone? Mike Awesome was gone. Like they didn't have him. Yeah. They, there's a lot of people that was just that wasn't there. Sad man by went, that point. So uh, hardcore. Well, he was hardcore hack. He went. Bad man went. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck went to WCW. <laughs> it was yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Terry Funk, <laughs> they were all going. <laughs> yeah, Terry Funk was going right, by this yeah. point. He's in WWF anyway, so he's changed that's Charlie. True. That's true. But still, all those, all the mainstays were gone. I think Spike Dudley was in WWE by this point. Um, or, or maybe you just started. No, maybe in, in 2000, that's to say. That's not 98. 2000. Uh, man, all that. They had Just Incredible. They had Rhino, <laughs> and um. <laughs> Some other guys, I guess. I don't really remember. They had Rob Van Dam still. Uh, and, yeah. and Jerry Lynn. So, that was cool. But, yeah, any final thoughts on um, Wrestlepalooza in 1998? Uh, man, as a, as a 12-year-old fan, it was, like, a cool thing because it was ECW and a pay-per-view. And definitely... When I watch it now, it does not hold up at all. So, uh, probably their worst show to to date at worst pay per view, I should say, to date at this point. So, uh, I would very much look forward to doing any more deep dives on another ECW show that because they've yeah. all got to be better than this. <laughs> yeah, this was not you know like you said not great. Uh, haven't seen every ECW pay per view, but this is probably the worst I've seen so far. We didn't even do <laughs> so. super shows because there were a lot of great sh- super shows uh, back in the day before pay per view and even after uh, they started on pay per view. A lot of, I think CyberSlam 97 is one of my favorite super shows. Maybe we could do that at some point, but definitely had some great super shows going on. We certainly hope you have enjoyed our classic episode, and we hope you will subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can follow me at underscore Pacone on Twitter. Follow Vaughn at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. And you can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And you can sign up for our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Shooters Radio, to request any deep dive, wrestling-related deep dive, TV show, movie, event, pay-per-view, documentary, whatever it is, a Patreon, patreon.com slash Shooters Radio. So for Vaughn Johnson, I am Nick McCone. We will catch you again tomorrow for another classic episode of the Straight Shooters Podcast.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.